I don't want to talk about that. I'm more more issues to be talking about than that. The problem was still still that kept us back, but it got brighter and brighter nearly every day. Well, mind, you know, for six months because this is our season. I think that's rough. Come up to the gutter to get where I am. I'm delighted to be here, but it's been earned. It's, that's a, for it's sure. a great honour. It's kind of surreal, really. The whole thing has okay, been. Okay, you've won them all, and that's pretty mental. What people in social media have done is disgusting. This is Sportsbeat Extra. On this week's show, I'm speaking with the manager of the social enterprise that's offering long-term financial aid to clubs across the country. But first, I'm speaking with a Wexford boxer who had four Irish titles and a European medal to his name by the age of 22. I'm Sean Connolly and you are very welcome to Sportsbeat Extra. Sportsbeat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. This man has 11 national titles, four of these at senior level. He also has the distinction of earning a European bronze medal in Bulgaria in 2015. I'm extremely pleased to welcome Wexford's Dean Walsh to the show. Dean, how are you today? All right, Sean. I'm all, I'm all good, pal. I uh, really appreciate you have, or having you on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you here. What better place to start? Yeah, Where it all began. Tell us about St. Ivor's Boxing Club in the Josephs. It all started when I was seven years, uh, seven years of age. My uh, grandfather would have been the head coach and the chairman of the club at the time. And basically, I remember him coming over to the, or to the house. I always wanted the boxer or at least give or at least give it a go you know my father was a boxer too and my younger Billy was a boxer so uh we rude not to give it a go you know and as soon as I stepped step foot into the gym I uh fell in love with the sport so I started when I was uh seven seven years old yep yeah, that's fantastic and obviously you mentioned your family they would have had a huge bearing on your on your development as a boxer just how important were they in your decision to, to actually dedicate yourself to the craft and in particular your grandfather Liam it was the best it was the best thing it was the best thing ever do you know what I mean he always said to me that if you know boxing ran ran the family with he's with, with his father as well he was southern western professional champion here here in England years ago so I went back to even my granddad's dad and he always said to me look just just or just just give it a go and if it's if it's not for you you can pull out and you can join something else you know GAA or dancing or soccer football whatever it is but uh I was lucky enough that when I went down there, kind of the family bond was there in the club at the time because my uh, uncle Ali, he was a boxer himself. He would have been a senior boxer at the time. My uncle Billy then was a club. He was a club coach, but he was on the borderline of uh, the national coach as well. So in his spare time, he was coming down to hit a club. And his son Ryan would have been my first, my first cousin. He'd be the same. He'd be the same age as me. We all we, we we all stuck in the club at that time, and I was lucky enough that I really fell in love with the sport, and I was wanting to kind of follow the foot the footsteps of my father, my uh, uncle, the leave my uncle Ali, and my uh, grand my granddad Welsh as well, you know. So I was lucky enough that uh, all it uh, all it all place. It's in the blood more so than anything. And you mentioned drunk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You mentioned drunk Billy. I mean, he was instrumental to much of your later success. What was it like having such a revered coach in your corner at that stage of your life? Oh, um, it was a bit of mixed it was a bit of mixed emotion actually because at one stage I was do I have to follow, follow the foot the footsteps in him or you know, there was a tiny bit of pressure there, but he sat me out one day and he said, Look at give it a go and don't think about anybody else. We're we're all proud of you. So that kinda of took that took the stress the stress off me too. Like but having him in my corner uh was probably one of my greatest uh, achie- uh achievements too. Seeing that he was he was an Olympian himself, he boxed with the Irish team, 
he was one of the best, the best or the best coaches in the world around. He was trained the likes of Katie Taylor, McCann and Joe Ward, come back to the likes of Darren Sutherland, Darren O'Neill. So I look up to them guys when I was a young, when I was a young guy. So uh, yeah, look at Billy in a daily in a daily life would be my uncle. But uh, obviously, when you're behind a closed door in a gym, he would be my coach. So we separated both. But it's kind of hard because at the end of the day, he is he is or he is my uncle, you know. But it was brilliant. Bet it was, and I mean the results were key. Your amateur carers up there with the very best to win approximately in around two hundred and forty out of two hundred and seventy fights. It's incredible. It's something you must be extremely proud of. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of him. And actually, uh, most of my losses came from being a buy one and buy buy two. I remember, I think, I had 15 fights to buy one, and maybe I, I, I lost seven of them, and I won eight. Um, but obviously, the older I got, kind of, the less losses came. Um, yeah, it was brilliant. You know, when I look back now, seeing the amount of fights that I've actually had and what I've won and lost, I've, I'm very grateful for it. And um, if I had one run at it again, I do, I do, I do it all over again. I would. I mean, the results were there for all to see: eleven national titles with four elite senior titles, as well as a bronze at the Euros in twenty fifteen. Which of the national titles stands out to you the most? Two do, but uh, especially one. One would have been obviously me first. You know, just to kind of just to win your first your first yeah. national title. But the most uh, had to be uh, my first senior title. Best around, no, my grand, my grandfather was sick at the time. Um, I remember four weeks before that he was given, he was given four, he was given four weeks. He was very, very sick, and he lasted eight weeks. And the eight week to the day brought finals night. He wasn't there for the semi final. Didn't think he was going to make the final. And amazingly enough, he was actually there for, for he was there for the final. He was actually sitting in his in his actual seat that he sits there every single year, and it was the closest seat to the blue to the blue corner. So it couldn't have worked out any better. Uh, when I look back now, it was actually like something out of a out of a Hollywood film or, or uh, something. You know, so memories, you know, it'll never leave. It'll never leave me brain. Actually, every day I do, I do think of it. So uh, it had to be me, me first senior title. That's fantastic, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, as you said, you, you, you couldn't write it any better than that. It, it was meant to be. Now, the European success is obviously a tremendous achievement. Can you talk us through the experience? Oh, it was a brilliant. It was a brilliant. It was a brilliant experience. Not only. Uh, to win a national title and then to represent your country uh, in the in the Euros in the world again it was kind of a mixed it was mixed emotion because I've been to so many Euros I was at the European Juniors European uh, Youth uh, I was at the European Unions I was at the European Games I was at the European Elites and uh, I thought there was a blight on it because it was I always got beat you know for a medal and uh, I just couldn't perform I was kind of overthinking about me the way I boxed and the guys that I that was bet by I should have beaten and so going into the Euros 2015 uh, kind of before the Olympic Games it was I said to myself I have a nice draw here I think I beat the Spaniard uh, I got the Hungarian and the Romanian and when I got to the Hungarian in the quarter final I said this better not be one of these 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 uh, these moments that I underperform but uh, yeah look at it. I actually went in Billy just told Billy told me just just think about the way you're going. You're going. You're going to box. Don't think about winning. Don't think about losing. So I went in there with that with that mentality, and uh, yeah, it was an absolute. Look, it had to be one of my best uh, sport moments: winning a winning a medal, winning winning a major medal at a European Championships, and having Billy in the corner. And then a couple of months later, Billy had left for the state, so I couldn't have came at a better time. 
but uh, yeah, look at I'm I'm uh, I look back uh, to that day like and it was it was just it was just it was just amazing, you know, to bring to bring home a medal with the, alongside with Michael Conlon and uh, Joe Ward, you know, and I was I was on looking in the semi final again the Russian who went on and won gold on a split decision, but uh, yeah. Very, very uh, nice, nice, uh, very, very nice moment in in the boxing career. Definitely, definitely, and it's it's it, it it follows a lot of parallels to your first senior title. That there was an awful lot of family variables that just fell into play, and it almost felt like it was meant to be. Now, there's there's a number of traits that make up a fighter, and I know that you've been noted as having a really powerful engine. Is this something that you base your game plan around? Yeah, um, when I'm training, we kind of you know we kind of work on on every. Every as every aspect of a fight because you know two styles make 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 a fight and also I always kind of a high it's kind of a high tempo. Uh, I think Michael Collins did it uh, during the week and hit he hit nail and head. The amateur game is kind of more of a sprint, and in the pro game is more of a marathon. Um, yeah, look at when when I'm training, we kind of we we obviously work on things you know to take the technical side of boxing, but uh, yeah, my engine I think is. Is very very good, you know. Sometimes I I don't use it, uh, but we work on every every aspect. You know, you have been close fighting, having middle distance, long long or long distance. Because as I said again, uh, every fight every fight is different, and you can't really control what your opponent's going is going is going to do. Especially if you don't know your opponent, if he, is he going to come forward? Is he going to pressure you? Is he going to move? Is he going to run? So you have to be able to, in them three rounds, adapt uh, to which way your fighters go and box. So luckily enough, um, we train to, to three different styles, and it's up to me then to adapt. Sometimes it it, it doesn't go it doesn't go to plan, but uh, more than likely it does. You know. So that, I think your, your record fair. speaks for that. Your record says that more often than not, it certainly goes to plan. Now, um, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> look, <laughs> I suppose then moving on, I suppose you fought on a, a period of time away from the ring toward the end of 2020. Must have been a very difficult period for you, Dean, was it? Yeah, look, uh, it was probably the darkest days of my life, to be honest. Um, look, uh, I made a mistake a couple of years ago. Um, I, paid, I paid the price, but... Um, I was a better man at the other end of it. I never thought when I was, you know, when I went away uh, for that year, I never thought that I'd come back out and box and box again. Um, it matured me as a as a person, and I think it definitely matured me as a fighter as well. So, um, yeah, look, if I can just get the message across, just to, you know, help one, to help one person, just to, you know, just to, to not fall into, fall into trouble or to stay away from trouble or stay away from the people that, are going to bring are going to bring it down. I paid I paid the price for it, and uh, it's not a nice. It's not a nice place to be, especially if you're you know if you're from a great like a great family, a really lovable family as well. Like you know, so I felt like I let I let all them down as well. But like as I said before, like I'm sitting here now, and uh, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back fighting. I'm back doing the things that I uh, love. And yeah, look at it. Really matured me as a person. And. I'm grateful that I came out to bed. I came out to bed around of it. Sounds like that every bit of the way, and you should be very proud of yourself and how you've you've handled this. I mean, you're now back in yeah, the gym. Really. You're training full time, and you're speaking like a man that's determined. Like, how's the training been going? Training being been going well. Actually, when I got out, uh, I was a tiny bit overweight, so we were kind of thinking what weight class I'm going to box at. But I got I got down to uh, seventy one. That's my weight. That's my natural weight. Lies middle and. Uh, 
trends have been 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 going great, you know. Um, obviously, getting back into it, it was tough. Getting back fit, getting back sharp. It's always in the back of your mind, being away for that year. Have I lost it? You know, because at the end of the day, the life the lifespan of being a boxer, you know, it, you know, 32, 33, 34 maybe. Now, and all like you know, you Katie Taylor and stuff like that. She she's just uh, she just if she was forty five or fifty years of age, she'd be just she'd be still she'd be still brilliant. You know what I mean? But uh, it's always in the back of your mind. I still have it in the tank and I think maybe the last two or three months I've definitely showed in in, in sparring and uh, in a, I had a fight last week in Holland that I can still compete at the highest level um, I'm my own worst enemy at times I still doubt I still have doubts um, but as I said when I'm training and I have the right the right people around me uh, you know my, my, my family my uh, Mrs. family you know they're really they're really there to back me one hundred percent to back me before I went to before the prison when I got out of prison they're still backing me and um, I'm just loving boxing again I'm loving being around the positive positive people and the positive thinking you know and um, every day I'm getting that tiny bit, bit or a bit more confident and um, even though I, I I lost last I lost last week on a three two uh, split I don't think that I, that or that I should have lost that fight but. Being with a guy that was in the Olympic Games, he was in uh, Rio at middleweight, and then he was in Tokyo at light middleweight. Or sorry, welterweight. The weight got changed, and uh, you know, I think Aidan Walsh beat him uh, for a medal. Um, but to be to be able to to compete at at that level and knowing that I should have won that fight, um, it's gonna push. It's gonna push. It's gonna push me on. That was my first fight back since October twenty nineteen. You know, so um, I'm a, I, for for once I'm I'm actually proud of myself and I'm enjoying and I'm enjoying the uh, boxing again. You know, so well you should be proud of yourself. I mean, to have that much time out of the ring and to still be able to achieve that is phenomenal. So yeah, uh, the last thing I'll ask you: What does July and the rest of 2022 look like for you? Um, I have a box cup in London um, at the weekend, and I'm it's a big, big, massive uh, boxing tournament, and there's a lot of a lot of boxers, mostly based around England, Alexander Palace. So I'm competing that. After that, after coming from that, I think I'm going to take a week or two out just to, you know, to refresh the legs, the arms, and my mind. And then there's another couple of box boxing tournaments. I'm going to Palestine for like a training camp in August, and then the box cup then will be on after that. And then that will bring me to the national, the national elites. I think the winner then then is going to be the number one boxer that's going to rep, that's going to represent Ireland as not at the Olympics but in the build up of the Olympic Games. So um, next month is going to be very 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 busy, you know, with, with training and sparring. Um, and I hopefully I'll get a couple of fights, you know, here here uh, here or there. But I'm uh, again I, I keep on saying it. I'm just grateful to be in the in the position that I'm in now, and um, I'm also grateful for you me a ring and ask me the questions you know it's, uh, it means a lot to me oh well it was my pleasure it was fantastic talking to you it sounds like yeah. a very exciting 2022 and I can't wait to follow it and I'm sure every boxing fan in the southeast, particularly in Wexford is extremely proud of what you're doing yeah that's it that's it and uh, look the very best for everything we'll touch base again very shortly and I look forward to speaking to you again I really appreciate that Sean or thanks very much my pleasure Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors Cashel Road Clonmel you'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota view our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie
I'm speaking with Nora Kyo. Nora is the Client Relationship Manager for Munster for Community Finance Ireland. What are Community Finance Ireland, Nora? Uh, we're a charity and we're a social enterprise who operate across the island of, of, of Ireland, Sean. And uh, in essence, what we are, we're a social finance provider and uh, we, we lend into, uh, we're a community finance, finance system really, and we, we lend the community, voluntary and social enterprise sector across the island of Ireland. So we cover everything from, uh, as you mentioned there, GA clubs to all types of sports and recreation facilities. So we have a huge amount of, uh, of, of customers across the island of Ireland. That sounds fantastic. And I suppose for our listeners here on the show, how can Community Finance Ireland help clubs with sports capital grants, any GA clubs or any sporting societies with these sports capital grants that you have? Uh, that's a great question, Sean. Uh, obviously, the, uh, an awful lot of uh, uh, sporting organisations would have uh, got fantastic support through the sports capital grants, as, as you mentioned. Uh, and what happens is that we can help the clubs uh, get the best use out of that, that money. Uh, and normally with the sports capital grants, any of the organisations have to spend the money before they can it back. So we can help in that respect with providing a bridging facility uh, that the clubs uh, or organisations can go ahead and spend the money and then uh, we as I say, we provide the bridging loan and then they can claim back the, the, the grant and repay our loan. So it means the, the organisations and clubs can go ahead and get the project off the ground straight away rather than trying to get the money together themselves. Uh, so it really speeds up the project and the, 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 the clubs and groups can hit the ground running, basically. And I suppose we, we, we go one step further as well, where uh, sometimes the sports capital grants, uh, it, they're only one part of the, of the fund, of the, the overall finance of the project. So often uh, uh, clubs and groups they might need uh, a, a term loan to finish out the project uh, as part of the overall finance pa- package so we can provide that term loan also and we normally work with the group to see what fits best for the club or organisation so that it's tailor made for the, 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 the club or group uh, you know, t- so that it, it, it'll work with the cash flow of the, uh, the group in question That's I hope great. that makes sense Bob. Yeah, Yeah absolutely it does and I suppose it'll lead me into what I was going to, to look toward next. Can you tell me how Community Finance Ireland is going to help with, I suppose, with long-term projects and sustainability for these clubs? Uh, yeah, exactly, and as you say, that, that leads right into it. Yes, I suppose, what happens, with, we've seen, I suppose, the best way to explain it by example, a lot of GA clubs, say, at the moment are looking, you know, they're looking over the, at, the, at the next 15, 20 years and trying to future-proof clubs uh, going into the future. So what they, they might have a, a project to uh, renovate a clubhouse uh, we provide the term loan uh, as part of the finance pro- uh, package there. That term loan could be structured over a 10, maybe 15-year term so that there's no, uh, you know, the, uh, to suit the, the finances of the club so that there isn't undue pressure on the, the, the cash flow of the, the, the club or group. So we work with the club or group to, as I say, uh, uh, to, to uh, tailor the term loan to suit the, the club uh, uh, to, uh, so that they can repay it back over a, over a term that suits the club and it enables the, the, the club or group to, uh, as I say, carry out a large project and future-proof the, the club uh, uh, or group you know, into the future and get the project off the ground. 
Sounds good. Sounds good. We'll, we'll look to elaborate and broaden as much as we can in terms of what type of products can Community Finance Ireland help clubs with? Yes, and I suppose our two fundamental products, really, Sean, are the bridging term loan, as I mentioned there, that we give a bridging term loan, and sometimes it might be for anything between one month and six months, uh, where the clubs can uh, are due grants in, but they can go ahead and get a bridging term loan for, from us uh, for, uh, for a number of months, uh, and then once they have... Um, spend the money and they can normally claim back the grant at that stage and they'll repay back our loan but as I said it allows the, the club or group to go ahead and get the project off the ground rather than trying to find the money themselves to, to spend uh, and then claim back the, the grant rate respectively. And as I say, our other main product is the term loan that we'll 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 work with the, the club or group. Uh, it's normally part of the building blocks, as I call it, of the finance package, where a, a club or group may have, as I say, they may may have uh, finance from a grant. They may have some uh, monies built up themselves, but they might need a term loan to finish off a project. And we'll work with them to see what what way that term loan fits best for the club, what term suits. Uh, we can also see whether, you know, what type of repayments uh, are preferable for the club in terms of, you know, some might want, want quarterly repayments, some clubs might want monthly repayments, or they might want to put in lump sum repayments at uh, at various stages. So uh, our approach is to tailor the, the term loan to suit the club, um, you know, which is, uh, as I say, isn't available really in, on any of the high street banks. So we work with the club and we go out at the group and we go out and meet them and tailor the term loan to suit the, the cash flow and the needs of the club or group in question. Uh, we also, I suppose, in terms of pride like that, and I suppose it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's an additional service because we we work with a lot of groups and clubs across the country. We we see what works and sometimes you know works 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 very well for clubs, so we can share best practices, you know, and advice and, and how other clubs and groups have have approached the the, the the area of finance because it is new for a lot of clubs and groups, and you know they might be a bit nervous of it. So we go out and meet the the the, the committee or our trustees, and you know share best practices you know and have a chat about what might best best suit the uh, the club or group because every club or group can can be slightly different so we work with them as i say and provide a tailor uh, a tailor-made solution that that, that you know that will work completely for, for that Brilliant. club or group tell me with what we've endured over the last couple of years how has covid really impacted on this particular situation uh yes it's interesting sean actually yes obviously the covid you know, obviously, a lot of the clubs had to, uh, you know, weren't jail to have the normal sporting activities, and that, you know, during COVID, uh, you know, so there was a slowdown in the, the, you know, obviously, uh, uh, the activities on the ground. There was the fundraising. Obviously, had to, you know, had to grind, grind to a halt in in a lot of situations. But on the other side of it, I suppose two things that stood out for me was that um, a lot of the clubs and groups were fantastic in being the backbone for the local community. So instead, obviously, if there wasn't matches or various events or, or uh, you know, the, 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 the local uh, um, social group couldn't get together as I say, as in the family resource centres and all that, they went out and they helped the community. And I think we saw that, you know, as I say, the community is the backbone of the of the country in that respect and has been in, in COVID. But uh, like that, another interesting point was that uh, other than the the, uh, the social and emotional assistance that the communities and clubs and, and groups provided, um, a lot of the clubs and groups took the opportunity to go online for fundraising. You know, and a lot of GA clubs have mentioned me before. Obviously, there would have, there would have been a lot of door to door lotto sales, for instance. For instance, whereas now they during COVID. Uh, 
they were able to go online, which has been a, a great for them. So it got them got them into the the practice of, of doing the the online uh, lotto sales, which has been a great success for clubs, and obviously has taken a lot of the. Uh, you know, a, a lot of the uh, on the ground work out of out of lot of sales, which is uh, you know a huge revenue stream for a lot of clubs and groups. So, uh, COVID provided them with the the momentum, you know, to get that off the ground, and it has provided a, a regular income stream with very little administration and, and and work on the ground going forward. So, I suppose there's a you know there's a small silver lining. I suppose is the is the, is the moral of the story, Sean, for for everything. It gave clubs and groups the opportunity to look at ways of raising funds online. And you know, I think that's that's very important for the future because they look that's the way the you know we're 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 heading as uh, COVID is finished. Uh, you know, we've seen all the other type of fundraising activities coming back on stream, such as race nights, uh, you know, cycling events. Um, all the other good things that, that go with it, all the social events. So, look, it's great to have that, but have the mix of the online uh, uh, fundraising as well, which is, uh, you know, which, which is an additional stream of income there for clubs and groups. Definitely, key for community. Um, out of curiosity, sake, what's the average size loan that Community Finance Ireland provides for clubs? We, we actually, we can do anything between 10,000 and, and half a million, Sean, to, but the average, uh, interesting, the average loan is probably about 42,000 in Munster. You know, as I said, that's the average size Zone. And look, you know, every club is different. Every club has different needs, and it depends on the project. So we're we are happy to talk to any groups uh, that, that are looking for finance from from ten thousand up to uh, to half a million. But right. as I said, the average one is about forty two thousand, especially in as I say in the GA sector. Uh, you know, that would be the, the the average size loan. Brilliant. Last thing I'll ask you, and I know your time is uh, very well spent elsewhere. But how easy is it to make an inquiry? How easy is it for any society or GA club or any? organisation to make an inquiry. Thanks for asking that, Sean, because I was going to be mentioning it. Uh, it's very easy. We would like that. Uh, uh, any of the groups are, can contact me on my email address, which is norakeowatcommunityfinanceireland.com, or we also have a very good uh, website, so they can go online. It takes about 30 seconds to send in an inquiry. Uh, once that inquiry goes in, uh, there will be one of the relationship managers will contact uh, the club or group within 24 hours to uh, discuss the uh, uh, the, the inquiry and uh, it can be taken from there from a, an application form that can be also completed online and is very user friendly. Absolutely brilliant. Fantastic information. It was great speaking to you, Nora. I wish you the very best. Thanks as always for your, your support for Community Finance Ireland. My pleasure. Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. That's it for this week's show. If you've got something you'd like the region to hear about, email me at sport at beat102103.com and I'll get back to you. Dean's up next with Beat Anthems.